Welcome to another episode of Inside the Recording Studio. I am Jody Whitesides, and with me is Mr. Chris Hellstrom. How are you, Chris? What the hell was that? Are you counting on me to bring up the energy here? It's like this is this is going to be tea time and cookies with Jody? Well, Goodness, I'm no, trying I'm... to trying to go after the vibe of what we're about to talk about today, and and oh. seeing if I can give off the appearance of being <laughs> lazy and not caring so much. But it's not apparently Ooh. working because it made you say "what the fuck" immediately. What? Well, yeah, absolutely. It came out of left field. There, so unlike you because I'm usually I'm like hey hello we're <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Sunday 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 yeah not today um, <laughs> it, not today not today yeah no I'm doing good Jody how are you doing I'm all right I'm you know I can't complain drinking some tea yeah. and, and and essentially just yeah drinking tea and getting drinking ready tea. to talk about music stuff music related stuff as as engineers in studios or as yeah. some people might misnomer it as, as producers in, in engineers, we're, we're crossing the, the boundary of, of, uh, definitions because we seem to have such a problem with that. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's not technically what we're talking about here. We're, we're going to possibly a little bit of a contentious issue here today, but possibly no, thinking- it's contentious. I guarantee it. Yeah, yeah, it, it's probably true. So the the topic that we're going to talk about today is, are we too reliant on gear and are we getting lazy because of it? Oh, boy. Ooh. Uh-oh, I said it. <laughs> Here it goes. Yeah. Well, now that you've already uh, said it, let's get into it. Dive right in, that, dude. Yeah. Are, so are we too reliant on gear uh, to, in our, in our, day-to-day operations, so to speak. Are we too reliant on presets and things to do things for us well, as opposed to learning a new piece of gear? Or or what what's your stance on that? Are there, I guess we could have a question of like, is there gear that you absolutely can't live without? Yeah, this a computer. Goes back to it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So uh, gear, I guess it depends on when you meet, when you mention presets, and automatic mm-hmm. fixes that that denotes more not so much gear as it does software. Y- yeah, yeah, that's so, true. That's true. Uh, are we talking more about software or actual gear? Gear because I would say that's more of a software issue, and some of the things that we are noting about is software fixes in terms yeah, of audio I, I w- quality. So should we yes. like like let's set the record straight on that and we're talking about software oriented solutions here? I think that's definitely fair to say. Okay. Yes. So. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. Okay, cool. <laughs> we're done. Yeah. Um no, but I I think it um it's very easy to in the software world there's I mean this just kind of speaks to the amount of fantastic software that is out there yeah. today. And that is? Uh, well, it could be anything from running the gamut. I mean, if we're talking about this, I deem sort of like necessary, uh-huh. uh, th- that something would be something like Isotope's RX Suite, which okay. is fantastic at solving things. We use um, it here on this podcast every episode. That's how fantastic do. it is. Yeah. Um but it could also be all of these 
sort of AI-driven plugins or everything-in-one quick-fix-it presets that we just, oh, here's my vocal plugin. I just put it on. I don't know how it works. I just pull up a preset and boom, there you go. Well, that would be the uh, ultimate definition of being lazy now, wouldn't it? It certainly could be. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, to play devil's advocate, I don't know how I would have felt about that were I just starting out, you know, and I'm like, okay, cool. I have this plugin. I can make it. I, why do I need to know what, uh, <laughs> You know, the ratio of a compressor is I use the flux capacitor of, you know, of, of vocal processing, right? right. So. Understood, understood. So you asked me what my opinion was on it mm -hmm. in terms of, uh, I guess, in presets and whatnot. Do yeah. I use presets? Yes. Mm -hmm. Am I constantly looking for presets to solve all of my issues? No. And when I do actually have an issue or if I'm working on a larger project as a whole, rather mm -hmm. than relying on someone else's presets, I make my own. Yes. And I am notorious for making presets and for making channel strips and reusing them as my jump off points for my own thing. I don't generally I do that for other people. Yeah, I can attest to the fact that you have a ridiculous amount of presets in <laughs> a lot of the things that you do. <laughs> and folder upon folder upon folder of, of presets. But, well, yeah, and that, uh, well, but, but you're, you're talking more about the guitar sounds that I've gone Specifically for, the yes. guitar sounds, yeah. But, but, but when you're talking that. about presets for your productions, are you talking uh, – Compression, EQ, are you talking about sweetening, things like reverb? What, what, All what of kind it. of presets are you talking about? All, All of, of it? it? Yeah. So for yeah. a particular project, if something needs to have a general sound across the entire spectrum, and I start with the first song or the first track, whatever it is, and I get a relative value for where I'm at, that gets saved as a preset within said compressor, said EQ, said reverb effect, said delay, whatever. That's a jumping off point. So I will save that as yeah. a preset, and then on the next track, I will open it up, boom. And if it's a whole channel strip selection that I need to do, then I, I save the whole channel strip and reload that channel strip. So I do, uh, in a way, that is me being proactive about my own laziness, <laughs> I guess is a way of saying well, it. Yeah, but but I, I do the same thing when it comes to prod. Let's say um, I'm mixing song or an album ep several songs and let's say all the vocals are done by one particular vocalist mm -hmm. uh, the first time i start with a track i dial in a channel strip it might be like you mentioned compression settings possible eq whatever happens to be and then i would definitely save that as a preset and that's just to save me from doing the same thing again and again right repetitive but, task but the, syndrome <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in that case, the difference to me is like, well, that's something that you have done specifically for that case and right. not what somebody else has deemed that this is my channel strip that I use for vocals. Because right. those things are always going to be ding, 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 content dependent, <laughs> right? When you're um, – so – as I said, cases, I was being proactive about my own laziness. Yeah. 
Right. And but that's to me, that's just time saving. Yes. Um, where you know, you you dial up something, you don't necessarily just you know, zero out the faders after everything that you do. That would be ridiculous. You just kind of, you build off of that. Right. Um, but the, the, the flip side of it, though, is that the argument here is that the people that don't know what they're doing, they don't create their own presets. They rely on someone else's presets, whether it comes from the company or they buy them from some third party that says, hey, we've got this awesome pack of presets that you can get for plug-in XYZ. So... Is it a good way to learn or is it a good way to be lazy and not learn, I guess, is a question more or less about using software presets to solve issues or is that what it's doing? Is it solving issues or is it not solving issues and it's just making you lazy all the way around and then you don't think about it, you throw the plug in on and you think, that's it, I'm good, I don't have to think anymore. Yeah, I think there's definitely a good case to be made for learning like that because you, you can see, well... But is it learning if you're just relying only on the preset? No, not if you're just relying on it, but if you study the preset and see how somebody's generally um, accomplishing a certain task, sure, you can see. It could be, you know, if you're recording a vocalist, perhaps. Let's say that somebody has slapped on an EQ curve and they're they're maybe have a uh, low filter up to 100. Okay, well, there's something to take away from that where there's, depending on the vocal, of course, but there's generally not a whole lot of stuff under that so that you can uh, you can learn from it that way. But know why that is being done and not just, oh, that's just my EQ curve. Sure. That, why, why do you do that on vocals? I don't know, but that's what <laughs> Johnny Headphones, you know, suggested that I use, right? Right. Um, Johnny Headphones, that sounds like a good mixing engineer name. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if there actually is a Johnny Headphones out there, I, I'm really sorry. That's just a made-up name. Uh, but uh, more power to you. Nice. Yeah. So, so uh, what is the primary reasoning behind being lazy like this? Is it because you just have no willing to learn or is it something else on a professional level? So if you're um, looking through forums and not to name names of forums, cause I'm not going to do mm -hmm. that. Uh, the idea that I, you pointed out and I have seen as well is uh -huh. generally coming from people that pretending to be professionals. Mm-hmm trying to get something done without knowing how they're getting it done. Always looking for that kind of thing that is maybe a quick fix, but for the yeah. professionals, as I just mentioned for myself and you've mentioned for you, you'd be proactive about your own laziness and that becomes more of a budget and timeline thing for a quick fix that still doesn't, excuse not listening to the end product of what you're doing, whether it's EQ, compression, reverbs, uh, effects, chorusing, whatever it is, uh, volume rides and anything else that needs to be done. All of that stuff requires you to actually know what you're doing for the most part and making a professional choice when you're yes. being paid for it. If you're not being paid right. for it and or even actually, I guess if you're being paid for it and you don't know what you're doing, shame on you. 
<laughs> and shame on the person for not doing their due diligence. Maybe is that a good way of putting it? Shame, shame on you. Shat. Mah. So well, well, I think because um, essentially if, what I'm getting at here is if you're in that, that position, yeah. Essentially, what I'm getting at here is that when you see some of these forums where people are trying to learn and get their comeuppance and that kind of thing, and other people are trying to pawn off their knowledge and tell people, well, you know, this is how we've done it for X, Y, Z time. Uh, it Usually the question comes up, is there a plugin that can fix my shit? <laughs> kind of yeah. thing. And, and that, and that's yeah. where the reality is, is generally speaking, no, the answer is no. <laughs> are there, plugs, yeah. are there plugins that can do some very magical things provided you know what you're doing? Yes. But, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Yeah. The, the, uh, I think the, the overall theme here that should always be, um, is get it as close to what it needs to be at the source. Yeah. And you won't, you, you there's less things to worry about. Um, you know, I hear, or I have heard people saying things where, well, it would be really easy for me to, to mix a song, make it sound great if I got the clean tracks that Chris Lord Algae gets. <laughs> so, well, but, but that says more about the artists that, that choose to work with Chris Lord Algae, right? They, they, they probably did all their due diligence. There'll be less fixing for him or his assistants by, before he sits down to mix. Sure. And I think that's the same mindset that we need to have. If we're the ones that are doing the tracking, th that should As be the As the engineer goal. is doing, yes. Yeah. And uh, not worry about, oh, we'll fix that later because we'll, we'll you know, we'll – melodying the crap out of it or will time correct it or whatever happens to be you know um the old saying is fix it in the mix yeah which Can I, i'm gonna just do this the two fingers up right there fuck that yeah <laughs> yeah um they're you know those are all fantastic tools but but they're not they're not, you know, magic makers sometimes it feels like they are but um we should still try to do it the best as we can from the first thing that we track and then on the way through. Yeah. And um, actually so. thinking of what you just said, I have a recent story that I can relate here Oops. and it, it goes okay. to the concept of knowing your craft versus using preset kind of thing or using a plugin. There is a, uh, a recording engineer that I know who was telling me about an issue with sibilance. Okay. And this particular person had recorded an artist and the artist sounded sibilant in the recording. And rather than fixing it before it hit the DAW, they recorded it that way. And then we're curious to know what DSing plugins would be best to remove the sibilance. And the first thing I responded with was, <laughs> don't take this the wrong way, but you should be fixing that before it even hits the DAW kind of thing. Mainly because yeah. you're giving yourself extra work down the road rather than doing the extra work up front. And the extra work down the road is more yeah. of a polishing fix mix hope or fix it in the mix problem than it is getting it right at the source. 
So the suggestion was is to actually use the proper microphone that matches the voice to reduce sibilance or get rid of it altogether and still sounds good on the voice. So and yeah. and that's not that's not to say that the person is doing a bad job. It's just that they maybe they weren't thinking about that up front. And that's that's a new mindset that you have to get into of like, okay, I should have done this this way. So because uh, I've I've done it in my past where I recorded oh, something sure. and it was just like what what and you go back and you think about it later and you're like what was I thinking <laughs> if I'd have done this up front it would have been so much easier on the back end so that's kind yeah. of like passing on the knowledge of like think about this prior to laying it down in the DAW and and that's part of not being lazy as an engineer a recording engineer specifically to match the proper mic to the vocal. In regards yeah. to sibilance in a vocal, same thing could be said for the guitar sound or drum sounds or any sounds. If you're miking a live instrument, get that stuff right, right at the source. Use a proper mic. Now, maybe you don't have the right mic and you're doing the best you can with what you got. And that's fine. Nothing wrong with it. Just be prepared to do more work on the back end than you would if you'd have done it in the front end. Yeah. Pick your spots of where yeah. you're being lazy and why. <laughs> maybe it's a yeah. good way and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, and generally, uh, I would say, too, that while we have all these fantastic tools to, to correct things that are, air quote, wrong or sounding bad. Uh, it's not necessarily uh, it, wrong. It is, it's just it's you're having to fight a problem that should have, be, should have been fought and won prior to going to the DAW. Yeah, I was going to say that the, the issue, solving the issue is generally much easier at the tracking stage than it is at the mixing stage. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when it comes to mic choices or it could be like uh, even performance things, right? It could be, oh, the, the bass player was a little bit lazy on the fourth bar there. Okay, well, <laughs> Punch it in. What, what it, but what, yeah, just just have them play it again, you know, as opposed to, oh, we'll, we'll just flex time that or whatever. Wow. Well, Which introduces its own problems, but yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and so therefore, you know, if they're still there, do it again as best as you can to your ability, of course. Yeah. Um, so, but of uh, course. Yeah, that, that's my my reasoning for it. Now, um, I think maybe before, let's see, we've talked about this, you know, at length, and this seems to be a recurring theme just about every episodes that we do but you it's don't say knowing your gear <laughs> yeah, I do. Okay. know know your gear know your gear hmm? um that's episode one it, by the way <laughs> yeah episode one yeah but it's been mentioned probably in just about every episode, episode two through 34 <laughs> um so um yeah i think but you had to do something you were Go relating ahead. a story to someone on a gear site type thing where they're asking questions yeah. and you mentioned very specifically someone saying, is there something that can tell me the key of the song? Can you relate that story to us real quick? Yes. Uh, this is, and I feel a little bit like old man yelling, get off my lawn here. But um, it was a story where somebody posed the question to Specific or individual ones that are, that I'll, I'll relay both of them. But one was, is there a plugin that can tell me what key this song I'm working on is in? <laughs> and I find that just it's like, well, that's, that's the ultimate lazy. 
Yeah, if you I, I would think if, if you're, you're a the artist musician, here, yeah, if you're an artist or a musician, you don't know the key of your own song, you got a problem. Yeah, and this was specifically during the writing stage, right? And oh, that's even add, worse. Add something else, right? So, so, yeah, I mean, you don't have to have a black belt in music theory, but at least know the language of what you're doing and what you're working with. Right? Eh, yeah. Another one was, another one was, you know, is there a plugin that can create melodies for the track I'm writing? Mm. And again, it's like, <laughs> that's your job, isn't it? As a musician, that's your job. Um, so the humor of that uh, is. The humor of that mm -hmm. is I can actually relate to that a few days ago, talking to a potential client yeah, who had songs they wanted to record mm -hmm. and peppering them with questions about what they're trying to achieve, what they want to sound like, that kind of thing. It came out that whoever this person went to was supposed to be the person also writing the melodies for said songs. Uh -huh. And it's kind of like, uh, so are you now going to give up writing credit for this? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because that's what you're asking the recording person to also do. So when I posed that to this artist, they were like, oh, hmm, <laughs> I got some other people I can talk to. I'm going to have to get back to you on that. It's like, yeah, that's fine. But I'm not going to pay you a one. You're not going to pay me a one-time fee for a melody to write your song to your, you know, a melody to your lyrics because that's not technically my job as a recording engineer. It's my job right. as a songwriter, but as a songwriter, I'm going to ask for songwriting credit along with X amount of percentage of writing credit and publishing and everything else. And that's a whole other ball of wax. So if you want to get into it, all good. But if you don't, why are you trying to purchase someone else's melodies that are may or may not already be copywritten, which would then be another problem for you <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Cause it's like, if you're purchasing a melody from somebody who's like, cause there is somebody out there who actually sells, is it a hard drive of melodies of like just a ridiculous number of melodies or I something like that. Yeah. I mean, I can't even fathom how that is a business. In terms of yeah. like a professional business that you're going to go then copyright whatever it is that you're doing because that becomes a whole other can of worms. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows on our yeah, record? So that, that, yeah. And that's another important part to, to bring up. The that, business that we end talked of things. About. Yeah. Right. But also communication with potential clients, what, what expectations are. Yeah. So, yeah. So, oh, I thought you would do that for me. Well, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, Things that you need to have together before working with me kind of thing. Uh, yeah. And, and I find myself doing that a lot with potential clients of like, this is the expectation. <gasps> oh, no way. Are you kidding? Like, no, I'm not kidding. So you need to be able to do, you know, a, B, C, and then I will follow up with X, Y, Z. So, mm -hmm. and, and yeah. that becomes a whole thing where people are just caught completely off guard a lot of the time because they think it's just magic how something is going to happen. And it's going to happen in the three minutes and 30 seconds that their song is long is how long it will actually take to get anything done. That's like a bullshit meter going right there. <laughs> it's like you're, yeah. you don't know what's going on, so let me educate you. So listen to this and listen to this podcast, damn it. And right now we'll take a quick break to have a word from our sponsors. And we're back. 
And now we're talking about, is this evolution of software and gear devaluing art and music? Chris, what do you think? I think this is something that can go both ways. Uh, and I will play devil's advocate. Um, uh -oh. I do think that because of all this gear is out there, seemingly anybody can do it. Um, and when people have the impression that everybody can do it, it can't be that difficult and it devalues what it is that you as an artist or a mix engineer or a recording engineer producer is doing. Is that understandable um, though, as a, as like a way of thinking about it? Understandable? Yeah. In what way? Well, yeah, no, I mean, I think that, that, that tends to happen in any industry. I have a good friend of mine who is a photographer mm -hmm. um, and he I got, suffers from I, this. I have a, a phone camera, man. I take all kinds of photos. What are you talking about? Yeah, that, that's that's what he comes across a lot. Where people are like, well, can't you just take this picture? Can't you just do it? Okay, I know it's it's uh, a gray, hazy day out, but can't you make the sky blue and do all this kind of stuff? <laughs> and not understanding what it takes to line up a shot and the lighting and all this kind of stuff. And I think it's a little bit like that with uh, all the wonderful gear that is available in sure. software form today. Well, now, it's, it's a off, often like when you're talking about plugins and things of that nature, you get people uh, as a, also a digital comparison with websites. And I sure. have a friend who's a website builder. And then he gets the question of like, why should I pay you five grand to build my website when I can do it for essentially free? And like, go right yeah. ahead, go ahead and do it and see how good that website is. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's the same now, sort yeah, of thing with that, music. It's like you pay for what you're getting because if you've got somebody that's learning, that's really putting the time in and they're not being lazy, you're going to get a better, a better product than somebody who is lazy. And it's just throwing in plug in after plug in to hopefully solve whatever issue it is that they don't even know that they're doing kind of thing. And yeah. it's the same thing with music and art. Does it devalue the concept? It can. But it doesn't yeah. take away from the fact that you still have to write a kick-ass song or a great track, whatever it is. No matter what yes. plug-in it is, no matter what production tip or recording, mixing thing that you do, it's not going to solve polishing shit. You can polish yeah. shit and you can make it look nice, but that doesn't mean it's going to be any better than the shit that it already was when it started. <laughs> I guess is yeah. the best way of saying that, it. Yeah. And that, you know, that's something that um, in our world, it's very, very easy to get wrapped up in that. In, in oh, that. of course. Not, not this, because, of course. you know, most people, 99.9%, yeah. .9 don't give a shit that you used an LA-2A on the snare. You no. know, so they, this they, is they true. don't care. The people don't care. They, they you know, it's... Uh, you can talk to people, oh, did, did you hear this? It sounds good. I, I don't care. All, all I care about doesn't make me want to dance, you know? And, and that's ultimately the result of creating some kind of emotion, right? <laughs> I but, give it um, a five out of a hundred, Dick. I can't dance to it. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Um, but where were we? Yeah, we were talking about the devaluation and all this kind of stuff. But um, I think it can, but I think it's it, – also, one point that I wanted to bring up with this, and this kind of goes hand in hand with the songwriting thing, the fact that 
anybody has, or anybody, just about, a lot of people have access to these tools because they're very, very affordable. Especially if you're on a read. Mac. It comes built in on a Mac. Like, yeah. your Mac is delivered with GarageBand and audio programs of that nature. Yes. Yeah. So what that does, it it gives a lower entry point to a lot of people. It's not no longer out of reach. Um, but then, and that's not a so, bad thing. It's not no, a bad I thing. Think that's a gr- no, I think that's a great thing because who knows, just because somebody didn't have access to this in the past, now we're missing out on all the, the wonderful creative output that they might have. Sure. Right? So that's a good thing. Now, just because, on the flip side of that, just because you have access to all this kind of stuff doesn't mean that you have anything valid or interesting to say musically. Right. So it's, again, it comes back down to that song that you mentioned, right? Yeah. Well, and and here's a comical point to this. So I had met a composer at NAM mm-hmm. who knew who I was and apparently had, what's the best way of saying, not necessarily auditioned, but sent something they had done to my agent. Okay. And came back and said, well, they weren't really interested. And then he proceeded to tell me how he worked. And in my <laughs> head, my, my gears were spinning in my head going, yeah, that's because you're not really a composer. You're arranging pre-made stuff. And that does uh-huh. not make you a composer. And it's the same yeah. sort of thing with being an engineer when you're recording or mixing or mastering for that matter. When you are using presets and you're just using pre-made kind of stuff and you're churning it out. Yeah. It's going to sound okay. Is it original? No. Are you doing something that is worthy? That remains to be seen. So it was just really interesting because when I was told the methodology of working and how it was done, I was thinking to myself, do I tell this person that they're just arranging other people's creations or is he actually a composer? Now that can get kind of dicey because when you talk about things like in the hip hop world, which this guy was not in, hip hop guys have done some very creative things with other people's creations. Yeah. But if you don't go get the rights for those creations, when you do that stuff, you get yourself into a world of hurt from a copyright and writing standpoint. There's not that same kind of world of hurt that happens with recording and engineering and mixing kind of thing. So if you're using someone else's presets, and if I just rattle off the JJP plugin stuff Mm -hmm. that Waves has, and that's not to say that Jack Joseph Puig, he knows his shit inside and out. And I'd be willing to bet (laughs) that he actually uses his own plugins. And I'm also willing to bet that those presets that come in those plugins are technically his jumping off points for most things that he does. Yeah. Does it work for you when you don't know what you're doing? Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) That's the thing. And, and, and that's where I would get with it, but you're not going to, you're not harming anybody by doing it, but at the same time, you're not really helping yourself get any better if you don't understand how to use the gear. Yeah. And is there really an all-in-one thing that solves everything? In my mind, no. 
But there are, and I think I stated this earlier on in the episode, some plugins that come with these kind of the all-in-one solve your issue kind of thing do have moments of brilliance to them if you understand how to use them in that regard. Yeah. I guess is the best way of saying yeah. it for me. So. Yeah. Uh, no, I'd agree with that. I think, you know, that there are certain companies that, that specialize in, well, not specialize, but they have a certain line and everybody knows who I'm talking about, but I'm not going to mention them, but they have <laughs> a whole line of these one knob plugins, right? Where it's supposed to do a myriad of things and you have more and less of that effect. Right? Yep. I know it, who you're talking about so, right now. You just gave away the name with one knob. <laughs> well, I that's not the name the of the company, company but, but yeah. right. But that everybody knows who I'm talking about, but most people, is I, that, I, it's hard is to that, say everybody. Yeah. Sorry. Um, well, Google one knob and you'll find, <laughs> you'll find out. out who it is. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's not that that is necessarily a bad thing. No, it's right? not but, necessarily but, a bad thing. That's what I'm trying to say too. But if you, if you're just reliant on that and don't understand the underlying things, I think the best way to put it is possibly that will only take you so far in yes. your knowledge in the quest. If you truly want to in the get better in, in the, the big scheme of things of, of kind of getting better and learning your craft, um, the understanding quest for what sonic makes brilliance. that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that sonic brilliance could be not necessarily the most pristine Mott Lang production, but it could be like a dirty, grimy type of thing if if that's what it suits for. But if sure. you have an understanding how to create any of that, then you're going to be better off. Yes. So. Um, Correct. Yeah. So I yeah. agree with that statement. All right. So um, to answer the questions. Do, are we too reliant on gear? Maybe. <laughs> but um, It depends on what you're relying on it for, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's um, – I think are we reliant on compressors and EQs and things? Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we need – they've been around forever and we, we generally – not always, but generally need this – to, to perform a certain task. But do we need the multi-layer plugin solve everything in one? Probably not. You know what but it makes me think of? This is, there's a, the far side episode, uh, far side comic pain that of the band on a stage. And uh -huh. it says like so-and-so's last night is the sound engineer for such and such band because he went to hit the suck knob and turn up the suck knob. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's my best comic at all because one of my best friends, he's a brother to me basically. His name's Ray. Mm. And and he is a sound engineer. Yes. So live sound engineer. Mm -hmm. uh, so thanks, Ray. That's, <laughs> that's well, Yeah. Ray's last night is the band engineer. Yeah. That's right. The suck um, knob. There it is. And so yeah. – uh, Somebody did a, a one of those meme type things with like a boss pedal that was like mm -hmm. the input was garbage and the output was brilliance or something like that. So it fixes everything right there in the pedal. What else do you need? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. So uh, the the general gist is is that if you're relying on plugin or relying on software to essentially get your job done in a manner of where you're not the one understanding the rules of why you're getting it done. That's a problem. It's making you lazy uh, in my mind anyway. Yeah. Um, 
But if you understand the process and you're dealing with it and you, you maybe delve into doing your own presets, whether you do it or not, uh, that's a different type of workflow. And it is, as I stated at the very top, the proactive of being, being proactive about your own lazy. And that's, mm-hmm. that's how I look at things. I'd rather be proactive about my own lazy. Yeah. So yeah. to all those that are rather not, that rather not be proactive about their own lazy, <laughs> meh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's, it, I mean, it's a touchy topic, right? It is touchy. We all have the, we all have those favorite plugins that we like to use. Um, Sometimes it's not even about the plugin. All right. So I have another instance and, and then we'll jump off of this and get into the rest of the episode after this. So yeah. I was helping a friend's band and mm-hmm. they had paid me some money and the drummer decided to play drums with a V drum kit. So it was a whole bunch of MIDI and I'm actually remotely going into the machine as they're doing everything. And I'm over the shoulder, so to speak, by watching the screen and listening to the audio, which you can do in this day and age. Is it easy? No, but it can be done. And afterwards there were moments in the drummer's performance where he was just like, can we fix this? Can we like do that. And I'm like, yep, go right into the MIDI and I'm slowly doing things and I'm bringing it back in, in such a way that it still sounded human without quantizing mm-hmm. it to the grid. And his response to that was literally, that is like absolute magic. And I'm like, thank you. It's just years of practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and that, and that's not being lazy. That was actually knowing what I was doing and how to actually retain his performance and fix the issue that was happening. And that just comes from experience. It doesn't come from a plugin there, you know, because the plugin version of that is to just use quantize and then hope it doesn't screw everything up and make it sound sterile. So can you do it? Yes. Just don't be lazy about getting there. Do your work, get paid for your magic that you create. Damn it. Yeah. So there. And when it comes to the, the I want to touch lastly, and then we'll, we'll go into our Friday <sighs> finds here. But you mentioned as well as by being paid um, yeah. f- for your work. I think when we look at somebody that might have been doing this for a long time and we see them just twisting a couple of knobs and then get an exorbitant amount of money or seeing exorbitant amount of money, one thing to remember about that is you're not necessarily paying them for what they just did. You're paying them for all the experience so that they knew exactly what to do, even yes. that was, if that was just turning a couple of knobs. I'm so, choosing the right hammer, damn it. <laughs> yeah, right? And you're, you're choosing exactly the right spot where to hit the fridge to get it going again, right? <laughs> so it's not, uh, yeah. So there we go. Um, that's my take on it um, as well. So yes. are we getting lazy so if sometimes? you're if you're one of those lazy engineers, we wish you the best, but we don't hope for you. Actually, no, that take that back. We hope for you that, that you would stop being lazy, and we always wish you the best. Always <laughs> Is that wish a better the way best. of saying yeah. it. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I don't want to be negative yeah, here, right? Yeah, we're, we're, yeah it's just um, stop being lazy. Do your do your own thing. Get your own presets. That's my motto. But of course, I am one of those. Guys, as Chris has mentioned, that does tons and tons of presets so that I can have things at the ready when I need them. 
<laughs> there you go. So, yeah. uh, but they're always mine. Anyway, that takes us into Friday Fires. Wow, that was kind of fun, rubbing my nose when I did that. Anyway, All right. we start off with you, Chris, <laughs> on Friday Fines for this week. Who are you bringing to our attention, or what are you bringing to our attention this week? I thought I would bring a musical entity a musical to entity. our attention. Yes. Um, kind of like this is all about music, right? And we've talked about gear and everything here today. But um, I have recently really gotten into almost a lot more sort of like soundtracky kind of music. Mm. And um, I like um, – movies and series about vikings and things like that the and norsemen pro- yeah probably from <laughs> growing up in, in in the cold north um i have discovered a project called runefell and they have an album called vangheimer and uh say that 10 times fast but it is essentially um you could almost imagine it. it's not a soundtrack but it is um a project and it sounds a lot like if you imagine a Viking show in that it has all of these folk elements and it's very atmospheric and I, I love it. I think it's really, really relaxing. It's not something I listen to and I go, Ooh, did you hear the snare there? Cause it's not a snare <laughs> in there, but, but it's, it's the overall emotional aspect of the music that I think is just fantastic. So um, if you have the same kind of music taste that I do, or even if you don't go check them out, Runefell, awesome stuff. Bingo. What about you? What about you? Well, I'm going back to the drawing board of software and mm-hmm. not necessarily from the lazy standpoint, but Oh, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you are a Luna user, Luna from Universal Audio, uh, you, I just you may or may not know that Universal Audio this past week has released a new summing bus. And if you Mm -hmm. liked the original that came with Luna by Neve, then you're probably going to love the API summing bus that is now available by Universal Audio. And I've tried it out. It's actually pretty darn cool. The difference between that and the Neve is that it's got that slightly more headroom vibe that's a little bit cleaner and crunchier ability than the Neve. And well, but I should qualify that by saying it's a different kind of crunch when you start to drive it. <laughs> cool. But as software summing buses go, it's just as badass as the Neve summing bus that they originally launched Luna with. So that Very is cool. my new one. It is the API summing bus that is now available within Luna from Universal Audio. All right. And that's that right there. Cool. So while we've that's still that. got your attention, including your attention, Chris, uh, we would like you to go to our, uh, go leave us a review on our website at the inside the recording studio.com forward slash review. <clears throat> or you can also go just to inside the recording studio.com. You can sign up for my e not my, but our email list. You can get weekly reminders about the tips that we put out and we'll make sure that you don't miss any future episodes of the podcast 
Or if you're watching on YouTube, you can follow us there. You can follow us on your favorite podcasting service. But if you're on YouTube, you actually get to see our shining mugs uh, as we're sitting here (laughs) saying things to you in your ear holes. Um, If in addition to that, you would like to get a special little something, something, pricey, pricey kind of thing, uh, you can email us at goldstar at insidetherecordingstudio.com with the word engineer so that we'll know it's this particular episode that you're referring to. And beyond that, if you have a topic suggestion for us to expound upon, expose, expose, expound, explain all kinds of X types things, uh, for future episodes, you can also drop us an email at the website And we will put it into our consideration for rotation on the podcast station. Boy, I stuck that landing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Looked a little dicey there for a second, but you nailed it. (laughs) The last words that were coming out was like, oh, how do I get this to end right? I just did it. Great. So with that, we are now ending this particular episode. And we will say, see ya later. See you, Jody. Bye.